pause, just wait one second. Have you joined me for the conversation we're having offline at Sunday Travels on social media, just about everywhere? There I pose the audience questions. You're able to share your feedback with different polls that I share there. And you never know, your answer and response may end up right here on Miss Charm School Podcast. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hey, Charmers, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I'm so happy you're here. For those of you who are new, welcome. For those of you who are returning, you know the drill. Come on in, kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in, come on in. I hope you have some lovely libations. Ooh, girl. So this week I have been doing a cleanse and a detox and been juicing. And it ha- I've been hungry. I'm not going to lie. I've been hungry and eating fruits and vegetables. I really felt challenged, um, one, for body goals, yes, but also I'm a part of a group and one of the women in the group had mentioned how she had just completed a, just about a 30-day fast um, doing root to fruit. So I think she also said root to vine or something like that, basically eating everything natural from the earth root to fruit. And that just really inspired me. It's been a really long time since I've done a fast specifically more on a Daniel Daniel fast style where you are only eating things that come from the earth or God created food. And basically the Daniel fast is eliminating all animal products, animal byproducts, and you eat um, root to fruit basically. And so it's been a while since I've done something like that. And so I wanted to challenge myself. And right now I am in the midst of (laughs) day four of the challenge, um, approaching day five of the challenge. And yeah, it has been a journey, but I'm also proud of myself. I've been sticking with it. I think what helps is also like staying home (laughs) and not um, putting myself out there with a ton of temptation, but there's also a ton of food at the house. (laughs) Um, And so I've definitely um, been feeling it, but it's been nice to just kind of master that aspect of your body. I think one of the beautiful things about fasting is like one thing my mother told me is like, when you feel hungry, when you're fasting, go pray. And I think there's just something beautiful about mastering thyself and putting yourself through different seasons of cleansing where you increase your discipline and you increase your self-control. So that feels good. All right. And that might be for someone out there who's feeling like, you know, I might want to do that. Go ahead and try, sis. Go ahead and do it. Give it a go and let your body know who's boss. Okay. You're in control of your body. Your body doesn't run you. Food doesn't run you. You don't just react when you have a craving. Okay. You have discipline. You have self-control. You have stick to That's an episode that I did once in the past. You have stick to And so it's been quite the journey, but it's been good. So that's update with me. How are y'all? How are y'all? I hope that you join me at Sunday Travels, just about everywhere on social media so that I can connect with you, know how you're doing, hear your feedback. I've been seeing your comments and your posts and your reposts of this podcast. And so I really appreciate all the love and support. Go ahead and continue to share it with your aunties, your sisters, your moms, your cousins, 
all of the things. This is a welcome space and we grow off of referral for sure because I really believe that women are called into this space. So thank you for answering the call and thank you for sharing this with someone. For those of you who are new, again, thanks for joining me. Miss Charm School podcast is for women who are modern boss babes who are looking to re-engage their feminine energy, their sensuality, and their spirituality. (laughs) I also like to describe this podcast as a place for women who are in transition from their womanhood into their queendom. What do I mean by that? I mean, when you're in your womanhood season, your decisions really only affect yourself. When you're in your queendom season, which I believe is an elevated position of promotion by God, your decisions no longer only impact yourself. Your decisions impact nations. They impact other people. Your queendom could manifest in a promotion on your job. When you're in a leadership position, it could manifest as you being entrepreneurial, starting a business, hiring a staff. Your queendom could manifest with you being a mother or a spouse or being a caretaker for a loved one. All of those could be positions of leadership where your decisions no longer only impact yourself and to be honest there's a lot of people completely floundering at being in their queendom season in their life and this space here at Miss Charm School podcast is for us to work with each other to have a sisterhood with one another so that we can iron sharpening iron where we can strengthen one another be in community and continue to grow to be excellent queens because we want to meet our God-given assignments at the end of the day that's all God really asks us to do is to love him with all our heart soul and mind love our neighbor as ourselves. and I think if we can do that and meet our divine assignment that we've been sent here to do I think that's a job well done okay And for those of us who are women here who feel called and led to this space, we are queens and we're in our elevated queendom position and we want to be excellent queens for ourselves and ultimately for our creator. Last week, last week's episode, I really took a deep dive into a spiritual upload that the Holy Spirit gave me around unpacking fears and is specifically fears in your love relationships and learning how to slow down and walk with God through those fears so that you can transmute the fear into the equal equivalent more positive emotion so the three steps to that and I encourage you highly encourage you to listen to that episode as well as the spirit-led episode which was also really great but last week's episode was the displeasure of dis was it yeah displeasure of disappointment the displeasure of disappointment and I was going back and forth between that title or the delusions of disappointment but it's a really powerful episode where you really learn how to unpack and walk through the three areas one slowing down and getting it out identifying the fear two walking through the fear with God and three transmuting the fear into the equivalent more positive renewed mindset which is really what God wants you to do. And I take you through a three-step process that the Holy Spirit gave me to help me realize some of the fears I had been agreeing with. And fear is just simply not of God. And so this episode is a continuation of that as I have been led multiple days in a row to Psalms 27 verse 1. And I spend time with God daily, which I highly encourage you if you've been listening for any time now, you know that that is critically important to have your daily 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 spiritual and quiet time with God in your sacred space where you are listening to God as well as praying and communicating with God and just spending time in that sacred space with God is so important 
But for the past couple of days, God has continuously led me back to Psalms 27 and today specifically verse 1. And it simply says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And that is sort of a continuation of the season right now, the lesson that God is trying to teach me to continue to master and recognize when I'm feeling triggered and the trigger is really fear. So I wanted to share that with you guys today because honestly, I'm using that scripture as my own prescription when I feel fearful. And another thing that has been coming up is anxious. There's such a strong um, acceptance in our culture around anxiety and anxiousness. And it's such a word that we're so comfortable using and people are on medication for anxiety and people smoke weed to help soothe their anxiety and whatever else that people do. And God has also just showed me that some of the anxiety is simply fear. That may not be for everyone, but for those of you who are called to this space, I really want you to reflect on that. Is it anxiety really, or is it a fear that's coming over your body, gripping your body, that your body may be having a reaction to. Some people break out. Some people have physical ailments. Some people feel gripped by fear where they feel like they don't know what dis- decision to make. They become indecisive. Some people get gripped by fear and it becomes a hindrance in their relationship. Some people get gripped by fear and they no longer trust. So they self-sabotage or they come up with all kinds of reasons of why it's not going to work, whether that be job, whether that be whoever it is whatever it is. I had a mentor tell me how you do one thing is how you do everything. And that really stays with me. I don't know all the way yet if I all the way agree, but I've been chewing on that for a couple of weeks now. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And the one thing about me, ooh, I just be telling y'all all all my business. The one thing about me is I have a tendency to say it's not ready. And if I think back over my entire life, that's always been a little bit of a theme for me. Like it's not ready. There's been times I've broken through that ceiling, but at some point it comes kind of back around. Like when I'm at the next level in life, like, oh, it's not ready. It's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I don't know if I'm ready. Am I ready? I don't think I'm ready. And there can be indecision around or not even indecision. Yeah, I guess a level of indecision, but it's more so a lack of movement because it's not ready or it's not perfect or I can't 100% see my way through or it's not 100% clear or the path isn't 100% laid out where I know I'm going to do A, B, C, D, then turn right, then go five steps, then turn left. Like, And we understand sometimes in life you have to walk by faith and take that step of take that leap or just go trusting God. And this is why God has brought me to this scripture, Psalms 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light. That means my path is illuminated. That means I'm in the enlightenment. I have knowledge and wisdom always with me. The Bible also says you can ask for wisdom freely and God would give it to you. So the Lord is my light. He's my light illuminating the darkness. He's my enlightenment to all truth, all knowledge, all wisdom is in him. And therefore, when I'm in him, I have access to all of those things. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I'm saved. (laughs) I'm literally saved. I walk with God, okay? Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. When I'm feeling weak, when I feel like I don't know, when I feel unsure, when I don't know where to go, when I don't know when to ter- where to turn, when I'm un- unclear about the next step or unclear about the choice or the decision, the Lord is my strength. So he's given me the promise that he's my light, that he saves me. If I was to ever come into trouble or problems or whatever, that he's my salvation. Yes, of my soul, but I believe also physically my salvation, that he's my light, my enlightenment. He's my savior. If trouble ever comes to me, my protector, if trouble ever comes, he has secured me. I'm in the palm of his hand. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life when I feel weak, when I feel I can't go anymore, when I feel like I'm unsure. He's my strength. Whom shall I be afraid? And so as I begin to meditate on that scripture and share that with you, I want you to really take that in, soak that in, swallow that in, digest that, not just from head knowledge, but into your body. What does the body awareness posture look like for a woman who understands that the Lord is her light and her salvation and her strength, that the Lord is literally telling her, who shall you fear? Who shall you be afraid of? What is her body countenance? How does that type of woman walk? How does that type of woman talk? When it comes to money, what does that woman say to money when money looks like it may potentially present an obstacle to something that she's trying to do or build or whatever? What does she say when a relationship or a job or, you know, any, a friendship, whatever, any type of relationship looks like, "Mm, okay, it's not looking so good right now. What does that type of woman, what is her body awareness? What is her attitude? How does she walk? How does she get up every day and dress herself? How does she lay down at night if she fully understands that God is her light, God is her salvation, and God is her strength? And God, who's all of those things, is telling her, who shall you fear and who shall you be afraid of? That type of woman is fearless. That type of woman walks in confidence and grace. That type of woman has zero worries. And the next piece to that, that the Holy Spirit has been challenging me for a couple of weeks now, if not months, is to really understand and study a king's daughter. And this is my own personal private time with God. God has been really challenging me. I want you to study what is it like to be a king's daughter? And so today I looked up some French queen, um, or she was never a queen, but I looked up someone who was a daughter of a king in France. And I can't remember her name other than the beginning was like Madame something. And I started to read her story and study a little bit about her and learn a little bit about her. And it was a beautiful story. She was a queen, uh, excuse me, she was a daughter of a king. The, her father was the king of France. He was the absolute power. <laughs> I love God and the stories and examples he brings me to. This man had absolute power. So what he said went, period. There was no one he needed to check with. There was no board. There was no parliament. There was no one. He had absolute power. So his decisions were final. And he had a mistress who was in his court, who was unmarried, And she was apparently known as like a very quiet, private, like holy, pure girl. They end up having several kids. All the kids died young, but this one survived. And this one ended up holding the king's heart. The mother was never married and never made queen. And so she ended up becoming a nun and going to a monastery after many years of basically pleading the king because the king went on to sleep with other women and gave his heart, gave his heart to other people. And so she was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to serve God. (laughs) And so even though she was technically like not fully royal by blood, the, the daughter, 
her father, one, her mother was honorable because her mother lived a, lived an honorable life. People knew her mother's reputation as a woman of God who was a mistress to the king, had a baby with the king. The king never married her. And so she went on to serve the Lord the rest of her days. And so that brought the girl some honor. Um, and then her father went out of her his way to ensure that his daughter married well so that she would gain title and that she she already had inheritance to a certain degree, but that she gained title and she gained wealth by way of marriage, which is typical of the olden days, even for the king's daughter. So that alone was speaking to me because one, her father had absolute power. God being the king of kings, the Lord of lords has absolute power. That's what I believe. And I believe I'm a king's kid. Secondly to that, her father went out of his way to make sure that she had a suitable match that was honorable for her. Now, the most important thing is that I, God was trying to teach me, how does a king's daughter behave? Now, the woman married. She did her due diligence. You know, she had to hold appearances. She was a part of a royal family. She had to be in court. You know, her voice may not have been as powerful in court, but she did have a voice in court because of who her father was. She had a position. She had a title, especially through marriage now. And so she had rank in court. So, yes, people couldn't just walk all over her or disrespect her or be rude to her because she could always just go to her father. Okay. They basically were saying that this girl... Her marriage was pretty much a sham. Her her husband stayed away for an extended period of time. And so she was pretty much married, but like single married, if you will. Uh, she ended up getting sick. Her, hus her father summoned her husband to come back from abroad. Again, look at the king. And the, of course, the husband obliged because he doesn't want to die. Okay. <laughs> he ends up catching the sickness that the wife had, end up dying. So she ended up being a madame with loads of money and inheritance. And tons of male suitors came after her. She never remarried. She basically lived a life of wealth, pop, you know, luxury, loved who she wanted to love because who was going to question her because her father was king and she had money. So her future was secure. And so she was legitimized because of title, because of her marriage. I mean, just everything. So when I look at this story, I look at a woman who was basically had freedom of speech she had her mouth her mouth was powerful her words were powerful because of who her father was she was a woman in court she was in court pretty much the majority of her life they also said this woman was very beautiful into her older years well into her 50s she was pulling okay she was taken care of her father made sure that his daughter who technically was born illegitimate was legitimized and also legitimized into a heritage that will preach right there because god made sure that he sent his son Jesus to die for me that I would be legitimized that I would have a future and a hope and an inheritance that my future was secure this woman walked with a confidence because she had light she had salvation <laughs> okay she had strength and though they may have been in material things God is telling me in Psalms um, 27 verse 1 I believe did I say 27 or 37 y'all know which one I said rewind okay verse 1 the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid this woman had no fear her father was the king and even when other people in her family married men who ended up having higher rank when her father eventually passed she was still respected all her days until she retired from court 
She never needed to marry. She was secure. She was confident. She lived a nice life. She was favored with beauty and looks. She was born illegitimate, but then was legitimized. Her mother was honorable. It even went as far to say that other women who maybe married different guys with rank higher than her, their mothers were not honored. Even though her mother was illegitimate, her mother ended up becoming a nun and they respected that her mother, you know, was an honorable woman who just, unfortunately, the king never married. But there were other women who married higher rank than her when her father eventually passed, who were uh, also like half sisters and stuff like that of her dad. But those women's mothers were married when they slept with the king. So there was more disgrace on them. When their mothers passed, they had to mourn in private. When this woman's mothers passed, she was able to mourn in public. She had more of an honorable life. And they say that the king favored her amongst all his children. So when I start to read this story and learn about this story, and I'm going to continue to do more research on King's kids and King's daughters in particular, I see that she walked with a level of confidence. She walked with a level of security. She didn't really need a man for Jack. <laughs> she was a fully expressed woman. She chose lovers because she chose to love them. And they even went on to say that she ended up picking a man who was a knight, never married him, but he was someone who was completely not royal. And they said that was the person that she loved. They never married. She wasn't, you know, she didn't just go give him all her money and her wealth. She still maintained a certain level of status as a king's kid, but she loved that man. And it's well documented that she did. And if you think about royal families that are in the public eye today, how many royal families, especially in the British Parliament, the current king, <laughs> okay, married a woman who people, it was scandalous when he got with her. Scandalous. She was well known as the mistress. <laughs> okay. Camilla. Camilla. She was well known as the mistress. And now she's the queen. Queen regent but the queen because her husband is king. And if you think about the uh, king's kids, Prince and I mean, Prince Harry and his brother and all of that, you know, how much slack did Prince Harry get for marrying Megan? And I still have a theory that their kids are going to have to, they're going to have to legitimize their kids again and bring them back in. I just have a theory that they're going to be the ones that like grow up with the whole regal decorum and brain and mindset that actually they're going to want in parliament. I mean, that they're going to want in government on the throne and not the other kids. But you know what? We'll see how. Just mark my words. I just have a gut feeling that's what's going to happen, that it's going to be Megan's kids after all that are going to be the ones that come through and pull this ish together for them. But that's just me. Anyways, again, so I'm studying what it's like to be a king's daughter. And if you feel led to, I want to encourage you to find your own story of inspiration of a king's daughter and then meditate on that scripture and see how to carry yourself as a daughter who understands that she has light and she has salvation and she has strength. And her father is literally telling her, who shall you fear? Whom shall you be afraid? That means nobody, sis. That means nobody and no thing because your father, the king of kings, has absolute power in all things. So yes, this was a little bit of a preachy and a churchy episode, but you know what? We're queens. And we are queens that live by decree. 
We're queens that have a revelation that our father is king of kings, owns a cattle on a thousand hills. There's nothing that's not under his dominion. There's nothing that he does not own. There's no piece of money that's not accessible to him. When Christ walked the earth, he pulled money out of the mouth of a fish. So there's no thing that you need to worry about. No thing. Another word my mentor shared with me is that money is your servant. Say that money is my servant. There's no thing that you should be worried about, stressed about, no thing. And if there is anything in your life that you're worried about, stressed about, confused about, trying to figure out, you need to sit in your quiet space with God and tell your father what's on your heart and what's on your mind because your father has complete, absolute power. And your father is eternal. He doesn't get old like man. He doesn't die like man. There's no one greater. He said he searched for one greater than himself, but he had to swear by himself because he found no one with more absolute power than him. It's time for us to put on our royal robes and to start acting like the queens that we are. It's time for us to start acting like the queens that we are, knowing that our father is king of kings and who shall you fear as a result? I love you, Charmers. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao.